Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Spoiler alerts. Uh, Jeffrey kills Frank and Dorothy is reunited with her son. Welcome to Syndication, the only podcast that really likes mysteries that much. Ears, peeping toms, and Heineken. Fuck that shit. This episode, we investigate the 1986 David Lynch film, Blue Velvet. I am your host, Tyler Young, and I am joined by, uh, you know, our skeleton crew, I'm going to call it. That's right. I am Devin Ellis. Hi, Devin Ellis. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hello, Jerry. (laughs) Jerry. Hi, Uncle Leo. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everybody in the world is watching Seinfeld right now because it came to Netflix. Is that, oh, why? Is that why? Yeah. Weird. Jinx. I was at the store today just shopping, you know, guys be shopping as we do. <laughs> and uh, it was just like filled with friends in Seinfeld. And I was like, I'm sorry, is this 20 years ago? What are we doing? Yeah, I've, I've been watching Seinfeld too. And I yeah. just bought a coat that I'm pretty sure George Costanza wore. <laughs> today no 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 no. he's framing it wrong you got it because george costanza wore it correct you researched it to find that jacket because of george costanza that is correct but i didn't (laughs) i didn't find it from my research i just happened to find it in a thrift store and it was Mm. okay it's the one that he wore so but but you got it because george correct i got it (laughs) i got it because george costanza wears it and it's a bomb jacket not to be confused with a bomber jacket. It is pretty cool, but I just got a new jacket like yesterday. You did. And I fucking love it. Got a piss coat. Uh, pee oh, coat. Oh, I got that wrong. <laughs> You're right. Pee coats are nice. It's like a nice compromise between like a, a trench coat, like length coat and yeah. a, you know, a jacket. Yeah, you know. that's what a piss coat is. Right. Yeah. Holy shit, that's funny. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Uh, we're here to talk about. We never introduced. Wait, I haven't, yeah, I haven't even oh, done yeah. my introduction yet. <laughs> and I, I let you lead me down. Sorry, a, go a ahead. long and winding <laughs> path. I saw you waiting over there, and you are. Yeah, I, I feel like the bloom is off the rose. I'm Matt. Baby wants to fuck. Ooh. Ooh. Baby wants to fuck. Baby wants to fuck. <laughs> is that German? Baby wants to fuck. <laughs> uh, no, it's like Norwegian. You know, mm. it's got like an umlaut or something in there. That I had heard that phrase before. I did not know that it came from this movie and watching it happen <laughs> when I was not ready for it was uh, made your skin crawl. Yeah, I was uh, like, yeah. oh, God, this fucking thing. In what context did you hear that phrase? Yeah. OK, so let's get into like, what did you know about the movie before you picked it? So that phrase. Well, I didn't know it came from this movie. Oh, okay. I knew that it was. Um, Those are kind of the best, where you like you watch the movie and all of a sudden someone says something or does something, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's That's this some movie." Some bad hat, Harry. Some bad hat, Harry. Yeah, I had seen like a clip of Dennis Hopper. I knew it was Dennis Hopper that said it, and I had like seen a clip of like just that line before, but I didn't know it was from this movie. I got a similar one too. Uh, Green Day has a song that I, God, God, I can't remember. Holden Caulfield, maybe it was How's like. It go? Uh, I can't remember. It's it's one of their <laughs> earliest albums, like first or second album back sure. in the eighties before they got big with Dookie. There's a moment where someone just says in the studio, someone just goes, Heineken, fuck that shit. But I had no idea that they were saying those words. It was hard to like hear it. And then I saw this movie. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. 
Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! And I was like, oh, it's this movie! <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he's saying, because it was more clear in the movie. Yeah. Know? Anyway, sorry, man, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, I knew it was David Lynch. I knew Dennis Hopper was supposed to be crazy. I knew... Boy, is he crazy. I knew that it was hard to watch, is like something I had heard a lot. And I think that's it. I think I knew it had something to do with crime. But honestly, I was kind of surprised by... Crime! Crime! How little crime? Like, I, I thought it was going to be like a real, like, uh, like noir plot or something. Yeah. It kind of wasn't. It was just like a guy going around know. doing stuff. I, th I think it kind of was just in the tone of the movie, in a way. It was kind of jazzy. The criminals ended up, like, the actual crime stuff ended up just being a backdrop and an excuse for Dennis Hopper to be fucking crazy. You know what I mean? I don't think so. Like, it wasn't written for Dennis Hopper. You know, like, th this isn't a vehicle for anybody. Like, that's not the way no, David no, Lynch works. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that, like, I think... I don't think this movie was an excuse to do anything. Like, I think it was because the way that David Lynch works, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking as a fanboy here, like... Right. The way that he operates is, is on a purely artistic level and not commercial, where, like, I don't think it was, like, let's find a, a like... Nothing's contrived. Nothing's like written to be like, let's get to this spot where he's going to do something crazy, you know? Right. I guess what I meant to say was like the actual criminal plot, which so far as I can tell was actually two plots. One was to like murder drug dealers and take their shit. Mm -hmm. And the other was to kidnap the, the husband and son mm -hmm. to blackmail that woman into having weird kinky sex with him. I don't think those were plots. I think those were ancillary. They're ancillary to the story, which was right. just like a mystery is happening that these. I am agreeing with you. Okay, I'm saying okay. that like the actual criminal plots were not really plots and were largely irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. I expected them to be like the center of the movie. And instead they were just sort of like background to, you know, this guy is a criminal, not because that is the point of this movie, but to add more menace to Dennis Hopper's character. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. You're right. That's all I mean to say. I expected it to be like noir in the sense that like the crime was the plot, but it was not. Like it, it had noir, like splashes of noir in it. Right. To Stylistically. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. To like flavor the, yeah. the pot, the stew. <laughs> yeah. it's a chili actually <laughs> every movie is a chili Devin and it's, it just depends on what kind of flavor profile you want it you know but it's it's a mix of uh, different talents and different uh, styles and different people's voices and different beans and different beans mm -hmm. so let's try to let's try to get through the plot right of this of this movie yeah good luck giddy up <laughs> I think it's pretty straightforward if you try to go just like what is the plot right like right Kid comes back home to a small town from college because his dad has a stroke. It's it's like it's like uh, white picket fences. They literally show white picket fences in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. The reddest roses ever. Like the most sickly sweet. Like a guy driving on a fire truck waving in slow motion. Hi, how's yeah. it going? <laughs> I'm not off to stop a fire. Weird because this town doesn't have problems. I'm just on my way to the, the station to have chili or whatever. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> They're famous for the chili at fire stations if you didn't know. Yeah, So like that stroke happens while like this guy's like watering his lawn in slow motion and he's got his dog with them. And then his son shows up to like talk to him and then finds an ear in the middle of a field. 
it's rotten and gross. And it's supposed to, so the whole movie is that. It's an idyllic town, you know, somewhere in the Midwest that has a really seedy underbelly. And it's these kids from that town that grew up there dipping their toes into it and realizing like just how dark the world can be and then being traumatized by it, basically being affected by it and then coming out the other end different. I think that's basically the entire point of the movie. That's the entire plot. And it's so it's like he finds an ear, literal girl next door, um, Laura Dern. Her father uh, is a police officer, knows about the just enough about the mystery to get the main character, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin, McLaughlin, McLaughlin. He, uh, <laughs> that's the one. Kyle McLaughlin. He, it's just enough information for him to like start investigating this shit on his own and he gets like completely wrapped up in it gets obsessed with it obsessed and yeah. it becomes like so this this woman's involved the ear belongs to her husband that was kidnapped by dennis hopper yeah well you also have to mention that like he just decided he started to like learn a little bit about it and he realized it was about this woman who might be involved and then he just decided to like break into her house which yes. is like a huge leap <laughs> as if you're just like a, a bystander of, of you know finding this ear and and then being introduced to the case and you're like yeah let's just break into this lady's house so we can figure out what's going on here i got to thinking i'll bet someone could learn a lot by getting into that woman's apartment you know sneak in hide and observe sneak into her apartment yeah are you crazy so the, the kid he finds the ear he, he finds out like the apartment that the ear is connected to and he goes in and breaks in because he knows that there's like a, a sexy woman that lives there they come home as he's like snooping through the place and he dives into the closet and then he sees the most bizarre, dark, sadosexual situation. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. You know, it, it's it's awful. And like, I, I have questions. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. What is the gas that Dennis Hopper is, is yeah. sucking on in that scene? There's no tank. They never show a tank or like what chemical it is. It's just in his jacket, you know? Yeah. My best guess is that it's like oxygen or something. Because it's definitely hooked up to something. You can like hear it like squeak when he turns it turns it on. You can like hear the hiss of air. That's true. Could be nitrous. Could be. Pretty common drug. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Could just be some made up David Lynch drug. Just like I don't know. That's it true. doesn't really matter, I guess, what it is. It really doesn't. But he draws so much attention to it. I mean, here's the problem with David Lynch. And it's not I I say problem, but like Your this problem is what with makes David it. Lynch. <laughs> it's what makes it hard to talk about David Lynch, which is that he's just so into free associative and like he gets all his ideas from like dreams and transcendental meditation and stuff. And like he doesn't really care if they make any sense. He just yeah. puts them together in a way that feels right for him. So like it's really difficult to like, does the gas have a meaning? I don't I, like even David Lynch might say like, Maybe, but I don't know, right? Like it was in my dream or it was in my meditation, so I put it in. <laughs> His answer was always slightly frustratingly, uh, yes, but I won't tell you. Right. It's 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 always like, well, what's is there a point to this? And he'll always go like, yeah, no, there is a point. There is a there is a reason for everything. Okay, do you want to dive into it? Nope. I won't. <laughs> what if he's just bullshitting? What if he has no idea? He's just putting random shit together. I have a feeling he is. <laughs> On some level, I think sometimes he does, and I think sometimes he doesn't, and it's just a gut feeling. But then he'll say, like, no, no, there's a point to it. Yeah. And then, well, what is it? No. <laughs> it was, nope. Right. I'm sorry. Now. <laughs> now. 
Have you guys ever heard David Lynch speak? Yeah, you've showed yeah. me. He's a he's a weird dude. Yeah, it's great. You you can explain even something about the blue box because some people don't really understand yet. Um. Not too much. <laughs> no, I won't explain it. I won't explain it. Um, but I think it was, it's going to be a different explanation for, you know, different people. I, I, you know, I, yeah, you know, I think there's some broad stuff in here about, like, exactly what you were talking about, right? Like, the light and the dark in the world, in ourselves, specifically in the main character. I forget his name now. Jeff. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, the whole thing was like about the light and the dark in Jeffrey. He has these two women who represent this really dark way of seeing the world and this really light way of seeing the world. Mm -hmm. He's the all-American student, uh, but he's drawn to this like really grotesque thing, this like, you know, rotting. Because it's not just a severed ear, it's a rotting severed ear, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's such a representation of like the sort of, fetid underbelly of life that you know a lot of us don't see day to day and so like you can sort of like i can see that big stuff but then you start getting into like what the fuck is going on with frank <laughs> and like i i honestly don't think it matters like like you were saying right. earlier it's just to make him extra gross and creepy right you know? and that's like i think that's that's so lynchian right yeah is is to say like ultimately like the only thing that matters is how it makes you feel yeah and like from a plot perspective you got to just blow by some stuff right and i think because i don't know if it's the way that my brain works with like you know having adhd and like having having shit memory for like details to like i feel like i almost like work in dream logic already you know <laughs> for better or worse right. and so when i watch a movie like this i, I feel like i just kind of get it where i'm like you start talking about like, you know, detailed plot and I'm like, ah, uh, it was, you know, it was gross. <laughs> it was supposed to be gross. You know, like right. who cares at, at the end of the day? I still wonder about it, but I, I feel like that's why I like Lynch stuff mm. as much as I do that. I kind of have a hard time following plot and I really go with like how a movie just kind of makes me feel. And I do find that the chaotic sort of like free association nature of this movie and, and a couple of others that we've seen does at least for me makes it really engaging at least for the first watch through right because you really yeah. genuinely have no idea what the hell is happening at any given moment or, or where it's going and, and that can be interesting or at the very least engaging because you're like where, where is it going i think when we like when that famous scene came on i was not prepared for that that was fun watching you watch it for the first time. No, like I knew what was coming up, and then right. I like looked over at you, and you're like, "What the fuck?" It. <laughs> I was I was taken aback. I'm usually pretty solid with like weird shit in movies, and I was like, I was I was a little speechless. I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch? What is yeah. this?" It's an, it's kind of intense, and yeah. I get that's that's the point. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's a rape. Right? Yeah. Like they yeah. put a rape on film. And that's like, you know, whatever other weird stuff is going on, like, it is emotionally very distressing. At least it was for me. Yeah. No, you're right. It and then is. there's added layers of uncomfortableness, like extreme right. uncomfortableness on top of it. Yeah. You know, to right. make you like squirm in your seat watching it, like, fuck, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know? Yeah. I mean, if that's the intention, they've fucking nailed it. Yeah. Wasn't this, wasn't this the first thing he made after? 
Dune. Dune? Yes. Try looking into that place where you dare not look. You will find me there staring back at you. You mustn't speak! <laughs> so he, he was basically like, I made a, a big budget, a big studio film. Yeah, yeah. I hated it because I couldn't do any of the weirdest stuff I wanted to do. Fuck all you guys. I'm making the most uncomfortable, <laughs> hard to watch piece of, piece of film that, that you've is ever exactly seen. what happens. And it's also kind of why the theme of the movie is what it is. You know, where he was like, I'm, I'm done with this Hollywood shit. I don't like it. It's not real. What I want to do is like show what is real underneath the pretty right. stuff that everybody wants to have. Oh, interesting. Know? And also, this is this is right before Twin Peaks. And you can see it. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that is a precursor yeah. to Twin Peaks. Well, I mean, they're in Lumberton and the radio yes. is constantly about, yes. you know, lumber and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's very Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. -y. Get those chainsaws out. <laughs> it is a real town in North Carolina, by the way. You know, I hadn't seen enough David Lynch stuff until this movie. And I just all of a sudden saw all of the themes and yeah. things that he just loves putting in everything. This yeah. is one of the most David Lynch movies there is. Yeah. And I saw all of it. I felt like I knew the man more than I've ever <laughs> known him. More, yes, more than the movie. You saw The Matrix. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I, I think this is like a perfect entryway into David Lynch stuff is like mm -hmm. this movie. Yeah, it felt like, you know, it was the movie that he wanted to make, right? <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like Twin Peaks was going to be the thing that he always wanted to do, but then there was studio meddling yeah. in it. And, you know, there's a whole tumultuous story about Twin Peaks. But, like, this movie, you can see, like, um, it feels like the precursor to Twin Peaks. So, like, not only the actors, right? So there's Kyle McLaughlin, uh, there's Laura Dern. There's Jack Nance, there's Francis Bay. They're all in this, and they all end up in Twin Peaks. Mm. But there's also like, yeah, the logging town, full of idiosyncratic characters, a really, really dark seedy underbelly. There's that really dark sense of humor in this movie and in Twin Peaks where like, someone died, and then we're going to like, that's a damn fine cup of coffee kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Which is right. great. I love it. Uh, it's such a weird like breakneck Going back and forth from like extreme trauma to like really goofy, <laughs> lighthearted, <laughs> like doop, doop doop kind of stuff. Diners, lots of diners and smoky bars. What's that? The bar, the slow. I have it somewhere. It's the slow club. It's called the slow club. Yeah. Dorothy and the slow club both have red velvet drapes, just like the I red room. I noticed that. Yeah. I think I called that out. I was you like, did. Man, he loves. He loves those those curtains. <laughs> Yeah, the red curtains. So that ends up, you know, in the red room in Twin Peaks. Characters that have telepathy or premonitions are in this movie, just like in Twin Peaks. People start like, it's not even part of the story. It's really strange, actually, to even mention it that like, I don't know if you guys remember, it's so, so ancillary to the story that it's it's people like, I had a dream about you the other day, you know, before they ever met. Mm. Um, that kind of thing. I don't think I noticed that specifically. There are, there are a couple of them. Did Kyle McLaughlin have premonitions first? I think he had dreams of what was going to happen before it happened. He he had some dream sequences, yeah. I don't remember what they were, though. I have no memory of this, but I take your word for it. Basically, they had like a mini log lady. Like There was a, there was a, per, like a couple of people in town that like would randomly walk up to the main characters and basically say, like, hey, I know you. I've heard about this. And like, I know what you're going to do next kind of thing. I, it's just I'm I'm remembering also like the entire thing where they kept going back to the to the hardware store with the blind yes um, 
And it's like, that's what it. Is- yes. That, that guy that he's one of them. Yes. Yeah. But like, why is he in this movie? And then, and that's where you get in trouble when you watch David Lynch is like, there's really no room for why it just is what <laughs> yeah. it is. The why is always like, just cause he felt like it. That's usually yeah. the answer. <laughs> Why not? He came up with this movie because of the song, Blue Velvet. Like He listened to the song and then just started getting ideas and then just started dreaming about these ideas and ruminating on it. And then eventually he just started piecing it together. It's such a stretch. How do you get from the song to this? It's crazy. I'm telling you, dude, that's how he works. Yeah. He's so big into like he's a huge into transcendentalist meditation. He's huge into like dream interpretation and stuff. Or maybe not even interpretation, but just like, I don't know. He's a he's a super weird guy, and I I struggle with like not being able to ask. He is almost all art, no artisan, if that makes sense. I think you're right, but I, I also think it's it's that thing that I've kind of learned to do from this podcast, really, um, for the most part, is like learning to accept a movie on its own terms, like what it's trying to right. do. Yeah. And I feel like David Lynch nails it every single time. Because he's not trying to do something that you might not even understand, right? Like he's he's trying to do something that's in his own head, and I feel like right. I don't know, like I, whether he does or not, you'd have to ask him, and I don't know if he'd ever tell you, but like it seems like he's doing exactly what he wants, and he's nailing it one hundred percent every time. He's like, "This is what I wanted," you know? Yeah, I would almost go like I have no idea. I've never heard him talk about it, but like I bet he doesn't even really care about the audience. No, like if you get something out of it, great. I don't think you know. he's ever making a movie thinking about how it's going to be received. I think he makes yep. the movie for himself. Yeah. And then he is gratified when people like it. And I think that makes it almost difficult to criticize in a way. <laughs> it does. <laughs> because it's it's not it's almost like it's not for you, right? It's, it's not, not it's not even I for think you to it's judge. For him. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I think that that's kind of like the best art sometimes. Not always. Well, people argue that's what art should be in, yeah. in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's different kinds, right? I appreciate him. I'm glad that he's in the world making this stuff. And and to be fair, from a purely like nuts and bolts, like framing shots, he's a very adequate to good director. I would not criticize him for that. As a writer, I like, I feel like I want more craft, but that's not his thing. That's like my thing, right? That says more about me than it does about Lynch, that I want something that he's not giving me. Right. I, um, I, I almost want to see a story written by somebody else that he directs. I don't know if that's been done other than Dune, maybe. Uh, and even then, like Dune's kind of great, like the original Dune. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's, it's, not, it's, it. it's not good, right? But it, it's yeah. kind of <laughs> great because it's such a fucking mess. It's super interesting. Yeah, as, yes. Like, the one thing you can never say about David Lynch is that he's not interesting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I've never watched it for that reason, because I hear it's really long and also not that great. <laughs> it, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really. Which is not a super great recommendation. <laughs> but if you're, if you're going into it, like, I'm going to watch a beautiful mess, you know? Like, you, yeah, might, yeah. you might appreciate it instead of, like, I'm going to watch a really, like, tight sci-fi cool story. Yeah, I think... Honestly, if his Dune movie had fallen apart in the planning stages, I think that would have been the one that they made the documentary about instead of Jodorowsky's Dune. And then everybody would have been like, oh, the David Lynch Dune that we never got. Yeah. Even on paper, that sounds fucking crazy. (laughs) In some ways, it's victim to the fact that, like, it got made. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think if, if it was just him talking about what he wanted to do with the Dune movie... 
I think there would be a fair number of people out there that would be like, this sounds fucking amazing. It's only because like you have Sting prancing around in the stupid little like, onesie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what is it? Um, Tim Burton's Superman. Like everyone talks about that Tim Burton Superman movie that that never came to be. Yeah. It's like it's that. It's it's exactly that. But this happened. Like it actually went all the way through and made it. Right. Yeah. I bet you anything it would be better if it wasn't made and it was just like this this awesome story like the Tim. Burton. Just the idea of it. Yeah. Although, uh, no, 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 I take that back because I really want to see the Tim Burton uh, Superman movie. Kind of like, I don't know, it's weird because it's like Sam Raimi doing a Spider-Man movie? What the fuck? But it happens and it was a success, you know? Yeah. I feel like this was one of those that are trying to do that. Like, I don't know, let's bring someone. You know, Marvel's still doing it too today. Yeah. Taika Waititi doing Marvel movies and stuff. Yeah. Although, I don't think Marvel's doing it the right way. I think they're, they're, they have too much of a tight reign on everything. I don't think that you can accuse them of doing anything the wrong way. It may not be to our taste, but they own no, the yeah. world. <laughs> like, whatever they're doing is clearly working from a box office standpoint. I know. It's just, I feel like I'm getting that like that hipster mentality of like, oh, hey, Moon Knight's going to be a thing. <sighs> well, there goes Moon Knight. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I like and the, most, the original I think, before it was cool. Yeah. I think the most aggravating thing about Marvel, though, is that they're all so competently done that Moon Knight's not going to suck. It might not be what you want it to be. <sighs> I know. And it might not be good, but it's not going to suck because almost nothing they touch sucks. Like, like I just watched like Shang-Chi, you know, I just yeah. watched the new Spider-Man. I just watched the new Spider-Man movie yesterday on my birthday, by the way. 35, everybody on the podcast. Just yesterday, I'm a fucking old man. Halfway to 70. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Jesus Christ, don't say that. <laughs> Break my brain. He's brutal. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I like Spider-Man, and they did some crazy shit with this newest one, but it was like, yeah, no, it's okay. I just, I, I, can't, I can't care about Marvel movies anymore. I don't know what it yeah. is. Like, Shang-Chi yeah. was so fucking boring. But it wasn't bad. It was like... No, it was a yeah. good movie. It was pretty decent, but I just don't care. I just... I've, I've been off the Marvel train for a while at this yeah, point. Yeah. It's just... I don't remember you really ever being on it, though. I, I was on it uh, in, in the early days. I I watched Iron Man, Thor, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, even up to... I think I up through like Spider-Man Homecoming. Or actually, I kind of skipped over a couple there. I stopped after the first Avengers movie. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, I wow. mean... Yeah, I mean the first Avengers movie is pretty great if you've been invested up to that point, but it like as a movie on its own, like eh, it's okay. It's... Yeah, and that was kind of like eh, didn't really do it for me, and yeah. so I was like just kind of done with the cinematic universe as a whole because of that. Except for except for Homecoming, just because I really like Spider Man in general. It's probably my favorite superhero. He is also my favorite superhero. I connect with him the most. Yeah, but I. I... Other than the Sam Raimi movies, Webhead. the Sam Raimi movie has got the closest, but I, I, I still feel like nothing's gonna really capture Spider-Man unless you do like a live-action like series, like a like a Marvel, like a Disney Plus series of Spider-Man, you know, with Tom Holland. Yeah, and even then, Tom Holland. He's not jokey enough. I need someone who's jokey, and like <laughs> Andrew Garfield was pretty good. It's still not the. Best. He was good, but he was too cool, you know. Yeah, if you can mix Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield somehow into right. one person, he'd be the perfect Peter Parker. Because Tobey Maguire had like the dorkiness and the awkwardness that you know I thought was so kind of quintessential. Quint, quint, 
Someone help me here. Quintessential. Quintessential. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, David Lynch, right? He yeah. makes yeah. a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cut like a solid five minutes out there on Marvel. I like leaving the stuff in. Stuff. No, I like leaving this stuff. All right, all right. David Lynch, by the way, has some of the worst, like like best slash worst villains ever put to film. <sighs> oh, look at those. Oh, oh, what are these? Don't say please, fuckhead! This character, um, worst is in like most evil. Yeah, like I don't know, because like you see like quote unquote evil characters, and they're just like, I'm gonna get you, and like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. take over the world, and I'm gonna murder you, and like <gasps> murder, you know. <gasps> but then like David Lynch is like, no, I'm gonna like give you like an evil. Ca-. It reminds me of um, <laughs> there's an SNL skit where The Rock is like, he shows up to an evil scientist convention, and they're like. All the scientists beforehand, like I, I'm gonna freeze the world, like I'm gonna melt the, the ice caps or whatever, you know, like like big, like I want to put a portal in the sky and suck everybody up into it. And uh, <laughs> the Rock is like, so I made a child molesting robot um, here <laughs> that um, the second I turn it on, it will just go around and find the nearest child and molest it. And then was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that? And he's like, that's pretty evil, no? And they're like, well, yeah, but I, you can't make these. Like, I'm sorry, I feel like I don't understand the rules. This is the most evil contest, right? Like the most evil machine. I feel like I beat your dumb melt, you know, ice melting machine. David Lynch does that. He makes characters he don't really want to talk about. Yeah, um, right. which makes them like pure evil, you know, mm-hmm. re- real, like actual dark <laughs> characters and not like, just Ugh. that was that was the thing that i found interesting about frank as a character was that booth frank booth thank you there we go he wasn't just evil he was chaotic evil yeah yeah right it was he it, it, it was almost inhuman how he was and like you just couldn't there was no toehold to get into understanding him i don't know i i saw something in him that is at least a little bit understandable and that was like this like weird disconnect between love and hatred he would mm-hmm. like he's like oh oh i love you so much fuck you like i like he would oh, get yeah. angry about that's he, fucking weird man like he would like feel like oh i need this thing or oh i feel so inferior oh i want you so badly and then you would see it in his eyes he would like that like he couldn't stop himself from dipping into that like frailty then like, right. when he got there he was so mad about it that he would lash yeah. out at, at everyone around him. Not himself. Resented the person that, yeah. that made him feel that way, yeah. So I think that's why he flipped between like, you're my mommy, I'm your daddy. And then he's like, oh, you're my mom. Because he like couldn't, he was so broken and so, like right. his emotions were so raw and so unfiltered and ungoverned that like I saw it. Like, yeah, he would like flip between like, I love you so much and it makes me so mad. You know, he just couldn't contain any of it, anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think that's a pretty good analysis, actually. And it made me uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah. I did not like it, no. I think sort of going off of that is that, again, I know Lynch is not really into like having explanations or having to understand every detail, but there's so much parental child stuff that he works into mm. his most intimate moments and then is so uncomfortable with immediately that, like, I don't want to say it's humanizing because I still find him very hard to connect with. But like, I mean, something bad had to happen to him in his childhood <laughs> to end up was, that broken, broken. And, yeah. and that fixated. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a weird I'm like already thinking ratings and like 
it's a hard movie to yeah. sort of like pen down. It's a weird one. Yeah. Hey, did you know? Did you know? That, uh, Wait, do we have the new jingle? Did you know? Did you know? So what's funny is, okay, uh, we have the jingle. It's done. It's it's ready to go. But we made it in the last episode. We like started recording it, and then I created it. And now I'm like adding it to episode like 33. Oh right. But we haven't done. Did you like? I'm I'm halfway through editing, and we still haven't said. Did you know? So I'm like, I don't want to just throw it in unceremoniously for no reason oh we'll get to it we'll get to it we say it a bunch so it'll it'll show up eventually maybe 34 maybe 35 we'll see it that is kind of funny that the audience will have heard the did you know jingle for several episodes before we we are now here in this episode we're all excited that we now have it right (laughs) (laughs) because yeah it was episode 37 that we decided we're gonna make this thing and started like trying to record it and then i made it while editing 33 so yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a little confusing but did you know did you know that uh isabella rosalini who plays dorothy um the woman with the troubles <laughs> <laughs> the troubles the troubles uh, she <laughs> she is a daughter of uh ingrid bergman if you don't know who ingrid bergman is she was ilsa in casablanca that we covered uh, oh, in episode 24 shit so her daughter was in this movie. That's pretty fucking crazy. Um, and, you know, this movie is obviously controversial, right? Like, even for 86 when it came out, by the way, that was the year I was born. Don't know why that matters. <laughs> uh, that was 35 years ago, folks. That's right. This movie, yeah. It's quick maths. Maths. What are you fucking... English? Get out of here. <laughs> maths. <laughs> Doing some quick maths. <laughs> the fuck is happening? But uh, uh, yeah, like it was very controversial even for 86. Was it really? But Isabella Rossellini was like, she read the script and was like, yeah, it affected me. She's like, I had to do it. It's like, I knew it was going to be difficult and, and, and weird um, and people are going to say stuff about it. But she's like, I just, I was compelled. I just, and basically everybody on the cast felt that way. They, they actually took less money because the movie didn't have a whole lot of, uh, didn't have a big budget. Um, because of like Dune, you know, mm. but but there were still people. There was enough people that believed in them and David Lynch already to like keep it going. And everybody who read the script was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." You know, they they took less money. They read it and they're like, "This was I don't know." There's like, it's dark, it's compelling. Mm. There's just something that pulls me towards this movie. I want to do it. You know? Yeah, I can see that. Including Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, who uh, had only done Dune before this. That was it. It was like Dune and then this. And he was like, ah, fuck it. I'm with you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Ride or die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he just stuck with David Lynch for like the early part of his career for so long. And then went on to Twin Peaks. Right. Wow. Must have liked working together. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I almost feel like David Lynch has some kind of attraction to Kyle McLaughlin in a way. Because even like uh, Frank Booth has a weird attraction to Kyle McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. He says stuff like, "Oh, you're a you're a pretty boy," kind of thing. Remember that? Like he keeps calling him like neighbor. Hey, neighbor, mm. how you doing, neighbor? But then he keeps talking about like how how cute he is and how pretty he is. And I think he he puts on lipstick at one point before he like hits him. Right. Yeah. Know? That's pretty fucking weird. Uh. Well, I mean, like act uh, directors latch on to some actors that they really like to use, like just like Tim Burton, like putting Johnny Depp in everything that he's ever done. Oh yeah. 
because Matt was talking about how maybe David Lynch had some kind of trauma in his past, but parentally. And but I oh, also, I meant I meant uh, Frank, the character. Oh, not David Lynch, because he I thought because he was adding that to like a bunch of his movies. No, no, no I was just trying to say. Oh, Frank, most most definitely, yeah, yeah. Like Frank, Frank is broken. No, David Lynch is like I, I, I that I don't. How do you crack that nut? I don't know what's going on with that guy. <laughs> I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's any trauma he's working through or not. It's hard to tell. Doesn't seem like he seems like he's pretty well adjusted and happy. He just, it's just a weird guy. He's just a weird guy, and he seems to really enjoy being weird. Weird in the best way. Like I feel like it's just because he he seems like such a, a like a nice guy to like hang out and talk with. Like every interview I've seen of actors that worked with him were like, he's the best. He's the best director because he's like very understanding and he's not a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's very like calm and collected. He knows what he wants, but he's not like an asshole about it. Which so like I don't know. Like maybe he's just creative. I don't know if like trauma needs to. Yeah. To be clear, I, I was never saying I think David Lynch has trauma. Right. I, I think he's just a happy, weird guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I you know, it, I think he just plums the depths of his mind. I'm sure we all have darkness in us, which I think is also kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and he's probably just more willing to like, he is Jeffrey, right? He's more willing to sort of pick at, at the hangnail of his life, <laughs> yeah. of his mind, see, and we'll find see out what's better. going on underneath. Yeah. This has nothing to do with anything. I just want to throw it in here because Devin and I were watching it and there was a moment where Laura Dern is talking to Kyle McLaughlin and she's like, I, I don't know if you're a detective or a pervert. And <laughs> Devin and I go like, maybe he's both. He's detective pervert. And so like we, came up, like we just kept saying it and like we just came up with this character. Pervert. Detective pervert. <laughs> pervert. Yeah, but he's, he's pervert. So he's like, it's me, detective pervert. <laughs> Here to solve the case. Right. I remember we were joking around about that and then I saw you typing. I was like, are you writing that down? <laughs> but it's, it's, I'm glad you did. Specifically, the way I don't know why I think it's hilarious. Is poi poi void? Detective poi Detective poi He had to solve the case of what happened to all those ladies' shoes. I took them. It was me. Case closed. <laughs> I want to find out who kidnapped this, you know, pretty young lady, and then ha- so I can have her myself. <laughs> Detective Poivet's on the case. I'm gonna look at all those photos. <laughs> I'm not even on a case right now. <laughs> I guess that that you can file that under like, wasn't it cool? No, that wasn't even that. That's just like <laughs> funny little joke. That Dumb said. shit. <laughs> There's some Eraserhead in this movie too. I feel like there's some like um, you know, like loud factories. Like David Lynch loves electricity. There's something about like the sound of electricity, the old recordings of like that kind of like crackling, gross. Even like the 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 Lynch Frost when he's working with Mark Frost, um, who worked on X Files before the two of them collaborated for Twin Peaks. Their production logo, uh, Frost and and Lynch, is the, like the electricity sound. <laughs> and that has a huge thing in Twin Peaks and then it also shows up in this movie too I forget exactly where there's a couple of points where they're like when Comic Laughlin when he's stalking Frank and his associates the, the man in yellow and taking pictures they're like in a factory there's a lot of like clanging and banging and it's kind of gross and desolate it's very Eraserhead which 
I tried to watch. I actually only got like halfway through it. In, oh, really? And like bounced off of it. Oh, good. It's really depressing. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Like a lot of his movies are, but that one's like that one's kind of a slog. Should we get to ratings? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Who should go first? Maybe you, Tyler. Since you started talking, you do it. <laughs> I kind of. <laughs> I want. I want to see what the ceiling is on this. On this. this <laughs> Wait, you're going to change your number based on what other people do? Yes, because I'm having a hard time picking a number for it. You, yeah, you're no, like that fair. guy. You go to a restaurant go. with a few people, and you're like, "What are you ordering?" What does it matter? Well, I just want to know what you're going to get first before I decide. I, I do do that. I am that guy. I never that? tell you because I if anybody steals my order, I have to change it because <laughs> uh, I have mental problems. Do you give people so, like fake orders? I'm I ordering. do. I have done that. If I, if, <laughs> like, if, I am out, if I'm out to a meal with somebody that I know steals orders, you give them a I will straight up make something else out. <laughs> Why can't you just order the same thing that someone else is ordering? Because I have mental problems. Yeah, I don't like, know. What is it? It doesn't affect. Well, I, yeah, what does it evoke in you? Do you think like the waiter's going to come out and it's like, wow, these two people? These are really guys. To be clear, <laughs> if I order first, I'm fine with it. It's only if it looks like I'm copying somebody that I can't do it. The the the, the table next to you is like, wow, do you see those two guys? They were in the same thing. What? Oh my God, like, that one uh, guy just copied the other guy. He has no creativity. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, why don't you start then? Yes. You I it. have kind of covered how I feel about this movie. It is um, it, it is not my cup of tea, but I think that it is a very important film. And I really respect David Lynch for what he is. I just struggle with it. And that's like mm. a me issue. That's not a Lynch issue. So I think it's definitely a watch, which puts it above a five. But it's not my cup of tea. So it's not all the way at the top, but I think it's pretty well done. So I'm going to settle it at like a 7.5. I think really solid. You should watch this movie. It's probably not going to be fun, but you have to respect like the raw, unfiltered creativity that that man can put on film. Yeah, it is absolutely mm -hmm. not a fun movie. That's a pretty compelling argument. Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because like, the way that Matt was describing it, I was going to assume, I assumed he was going to go lower. I did too. I thought you were going to give it a six. I think that means that like the movie is so good, even with, without being in Matt's taste to 7.5 without being his cup of tea is kind of, kind of strong. And like, to me, yeah. it is kind of my cup of tea, you know? I mean, I think, I think for me that, you know, we all rate differently for me. That's also like weighing in, like it is a historically important movie. I think so, yeah. It put David Lynch and his style on the map in a, in a way, you know, Eraserhead, everybody loved, but it wasn't huge. Dune was a flop. And I just feel like even if he is not my cup of tea, he's, I'm glad that he's like in the industry making stuff for people. It was his Pulp Fiction, this, this yeah. movie, you know. And, and for that, I'll give it an eight, where I think I like Twin Peaks more because I feel like that was... I don't know. It's messy. You know, I think I like Twin Peaks Return more as like a David Lynch thing as a quintessential David Lynch thing. But yeah, this is this has everything. It's got it all. You know, it's got that idyllic world. It's got the sense of humor. It's got the really gross, dark underbelly. It's got it's it's shock value. Great cinematography. Great music. Really interesting. Just like style of dialogue, the way people talk to each other, the setting. 
all of it. It's all there. It's all it's all like David Lynch's favorite. Like it's his greatest hits in it. So mm. yeah, I give it an eight. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I. This movie's weird, man. When when a movie is strange, and I, I, it's hard to say. Like I had fun watching it in the sense that I was like engaged the whole time, but I I felt like it it was dark and twisted, and it like made me feel that for sure whether i wanted to or not i was like jesus what is happening what am i watching right now movie wants to fuck movie wants to fuck baby wants to fuck so that's a human ear all right (laughs) (laughs) yes that's a human ear all right yeah so i don't know i think i think i'll give it really struggling with this one. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can see it so in your you, eyes. You made us both go in front of you. Yeah. And you still didn't get <laughs> your idea. Here's the thing, Matt, is you went higher than I was expecting. Yeah, okay. right? me too. I thought you were going to do somewhere between a six and a seven, and I was going to go seven, five, and Tyler was going to go eight or higher, right? Oh, so you're saying you can't copy my order. <laughs> it's not that I can't copy your order. I feel like you're going to go lower. Is that I feel like I enjoyed the movie more than you, but a 7.5 still feels too high. Okay, uh, fine. I'll revise mine to a 7. There. <laughs> no, no, no. You seven, I'm no, eight. no, no. I'm a 7 Right now. in the middle. I'm a 7. <laughs> You've yeah, convinced if, me. So if he's a 7, I'm an 8, you can, you can fit right in the center there. You know? <sighs> All right. I, that's you not what I was. That's not what I was fishing for. But I will. Squeaky. I will accept it while we're here. <laughs> so <laughs> seven you five. Be the marshmallow between our granola crackers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I awesome. just. I want to tell this one story. So uh, e- eagle-eared listeners will will realize uh, <laughs> that Jackie <laughs> Jackie is not here uh, for this episode. She is, however, back from her travels and in, in the house with me. I, I don't, I hope that you don't pick up any of the sound when you're editing, but, uh, I heard her stomping by. Is that what that was? The, phone the whole episode. I yes. thought that was here. I was trying to figure out where those voices were coming from. No, that's her. That's uh, her slamming her feet into the ground. Like it did something wrong. I didn't hear a thing, but I will try to, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'll try to use that as the sound profile to, Anyway, I'll work with it. Uh, yeah. So people will be wondering why isn't she here doing this if she's at home? And the answer is, uh, you know, she she got home. Rude. I'm trying to... <laughs> what? Rude. Okay. <laughs> so she was considering watching the movie, and because she can't just like watch a movie blind, she went on like Wikipedia or something to like get a plot summary to see if she wanted to watch it. What? And she she like she pulls it up and like ten seconds later she goes, I just hear from the other room, a severed ear. That's against the rules, Jackie. Devin says that's against the rules. That's uh, illegal. I mean, if a severed ear is enough to her for her to like bounce off the movie, like don't watch it. What are you doing? <laughs> Jackie is attacking Matt. She made your cat. webcam out of focus too somehow. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, I know. I just, she comes in here. <laughs> there we go. There. All right. 
Devin, you're picking for next week. I am. So I actually have a long list of movies that I want to watch. So. I started a list too. I have like 10 of them on there. Now. I know. It's pretty great. You yeah. Know? No more panic decisions. Although now I'm still <laughs> making like a decision as to which one of these I want Get to watch. Get out of the list. <laughs> out of the list because there's, there's so many. Why don't you make a list in order? Yeah. What's number one? Just go with number one. Well, because it's what I'm feeling, you know, because like if we're doing mm. some serious movies, I might want to pick one that's like super silly, you know, which is, I feel like, I feel like that's the picks that I usually go for is like the really well, so fun I think, ones. Because I, I don't think we're in dire need of a fun one right now. I don't think so either. Duck Soup and then Jaws before this and Akira. Like... Right. I don't think we're in need of a fun one either, which is why I'm second guessing myself. So well, Akira's not really fun. I think I know what I want to pick. And I think I want to pick planet of the apes oh nice you never seen planet of the apes i've never seen any of them i love that i've never even seen the remakes <laughs> like wow. basically 40 episodes in, and you're still like yeah. you've never seen <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't because <laughs> honestly like this one surprises me because devon loves campy old horror and sci-fi I yeah, would have assumed true. this would have been like at the top of his like hipster uh, watch list. There's so much of it though. It has been on my list of things to watch forever uh, since I was a kid. And it's just one of those movies that I've never gotten around to. I already am spoiled, unfortunately, to the yeah. twist, which I think it's, it's impossible it's not to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I still, I still want to see it because, yeah, I just haven't seen it. So. It's been on my list for a long time. I think I saw it when I was a child. I can't remember. We're talking about the original one from like 68 or whatever. Right. right. Okay. I assume. I would put my foot down and be like, no, we have to watch the original. (laughs) I want to start with the 2001. (laughs) Tim Burton. (laughs) I don't know. I think it was Tim Burton. With Mark Wahlberg and the weird like half CG Uh, faces. Tim Roth was like one of the the eight people. Yeah. I thought that didn't Andy Circus direct those? Uh, maybe or did he just played the monkey. I think Andy Circus was in the newer ones, past that one, the third series of Planet of the Apes. Movies. Wait, there's a. I thought I thought there were only two series. They did another reboot. Yep. Oh <laughs> so, so, so there's the original ones with like Charlton Heston, and then yeah, there's yeah. then there's the one with like uh, yeah Mark Wahlberg and Tim Roth and stuff in the early 2000s. Then they tried yeah. again with James Franco. A couple, and those are actually legitimately pretty good. Yeah, that's what I've heard is that those are yeah. good. I haven't seen yeah. any of them. I've only ever seen the original. 2001 was Tim Burton, by the way. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was. God. The the 2000s were not kind to Tim Burton. <laughs> or he wasn't kind to it. Like, it's... Yeah. He, I don't know. He just fell off a creative cliff and he was just like, I don't know, I'm just going to regurgitate a bunch of old shit for the studios, you know? Yeah, he's kind of a mixed bag at this point. I'll throw my wife in it and that other guy, Johnny Depp. <laughs> you know, I, like, you know, that other guy. <laughs> I, I've really struggled with most of Tim Burton's live action stuff. I think his like claymation and animated stuff is actually yeah. really the solid. The stop motion's like where it's, where yeah, it's at for him that's now. That's such a strong suit. I mean, that one. I like, you know, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't tell you another one that I like that was like that. Corpse Bride. Is it good? I, I heard not great yeah. things about it. I thought it was fine. Which one? Corpse Bride? Yeah. Corpse Bride. It was okay. What was Halloween or something like that? Oh, with the dog? There's one about a zombie dog. Yeah. I, I haven't seen, seen, seen it, either. but I know it exists. I've seen Coraline, which is solid. I uh, saw. Him, yeah. Wait, that was Tim Burton? Coraline? Yeah. Really? It was Neil Gaiman's story. I don't know, remember Tim Burton. It has to be. It. 
I mean, I'm like 90% sure. I'll double check, but. I'm looking it up right now. Nope. Henry Selleck. Okay. Are you kidding me? Wow. It feels like a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> Blue velvet. Velvet. Blue I want to fuck. Baby wants to velvet. fuck. I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> but all the curtains were red. <laughs> The candy color clown <laughs> called the Sandman. Yeah, we just saw. Wait. There's a PA bringing in live reporting. We have a this just in from, uh, from Maria. Who we were talking about last episode? Did we talk? No, two episodes ago. Devin's holding an iPad with information on it. I can see the Wikipedia page from the screenshot, and it's definitely Nightmare Before Christmas. Henry Selleck directed... The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, interesting. So what did... I thought Tim Burton... Tim Burton wrote the story and produced oh. it. Oh. How did we get here again? <laughs> I can't remember how we got here. <laughs> I, I guess... Okay. <laughs> 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 I had severe misconceptions about his filmography. <laughs> anyway, what are we doing next <laughs> Next episode? I already forgot. Planet of the Apes, man. There, there we the go. Apes. Planet of the Apes. That's that's where it was because because he did the remake. Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. There we go. Cool. Stay tuned, folks. Next week we're doing Planet of the Apes. You damn dirty apes. That's from the movie, Devin. You don't know it yet, but Is it? Hey Devin. Get there. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know that what? I didn't get that. your hands off me, you dirty ape. Amadeus, oh, Amadeus. Oh, oh. No, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. That's what I do. That's from The Simpsons. You've also never seen The Simpsons, so you don't really know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I've seen some of The Simpsons. I've never seen all of The Simpsons. Yeah, that was... Who a, has? Most people. I've seen all of The Simpsons. You haven't even seen oh, all of The Simpsons. Oh, all The Simpsons? Okay, never mind. No, all yeah. the good Simpsons? Seasons 1 through 10? A lot of people. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I've seen a couple episodes. 11 through 30 whatever? Unnecessary. <laughs> How much... <laughs> Anyway, bye, folks. I'm out of here. Bye. See you, folks. Also, I love you. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. No, I... Can I do Jackie's voice? I'll just be like, hi, it's me, Jackie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm a professional singer. I sing opera. La, 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 la. <laughs> Tyler's doing it worse. I'm just trying to improve it. <laughs>